0: Welcome to this week's Gilliland's Game Plan Podcast, your inside scoop to West Alabama football program. What an exciting weekend this past weekend was for UWA football down in Melbourne, Florida. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Gillins Game Plan podcast. And um, just proud of our guys, proud to see them fight for 60 minutes. And, you know, Florida Tech started out with a 10 a nothing lead on us. And, uh, you know, our, our defense really settled in. Offense moved the ball well at times, but uh, just came up uh, empty there in a few series that, that we really should have felt like we should have got more out of. But um, the end result was we had a, a game-tying drive, with a little over a minute left to play, where quarterback Jack McDaniels threw one up and, and Quay Boyd, our tight end, made a, a fantastic one-handed catch in the end zone. Uh, that was after just completing a fourth and six to Quay uh, to, to keep the drive going. So uh, great drive there, great job by all of our guys, just the full team effort of staying in the game, staying locked in, not getting down when we definitely had chances to do that on the road against a, a very tough team. And then after that, Jordan Jones comes up with a, a big strip sack, and we get the ball back with about 26 seconds to go in the game, and able to run a few plays to get a, a kick lined up for for Trey Jackson. It was great having Trey back, he hit two big field goals in the game. Uh, obviously, the, the one as time expired to put us up 13-10 was a, a huge kick, and uh, it's it's a hard place to play down there. It's a hard place to to get a win for anybody in the conference. If you just go through and look year after year, you know Florida Tech plays really well at home, and uh, you know so it's a good football team. We were able to come away with a with a much needed victory, and so I was really just proud of our staff and our guys and the way they fought. Uh, and, and battled throughout the whole game no matter when negative things happened to us uh, just kept battling and uh, and found a way to win in the end that's what it's all about uh, GSC football is a, a tough tough thing and it's tough to win and fi- having to find a way to win is is always exciting so very pleased with our effort this
1: is Harry Satterwhite here are the players of the week
0: clock continuing to move under 90 seconds to play McDaniels takes the snap, here comes
1: the pressure, looking into the end zone, wow. and Quay Boyd made one of the best catches you
0: will ever see. Players of the game against Florida Tech, Coach's uh, choices for the offensive play of the game was Derek Underwood, running back, 17 carries, 108 yards, also had three catches for 13 yards, and uh, four broken tackles throughout the day, graded out 100%, and really, probably the biggest play he made was on the touchdown pass to Quay, he picked up a, a blitzing linebacker that w- would have been right in the face of, of the quarterback and allowed that play to, to happen and, and allowed Jack to get the ball off. So uh, Derek played really, really well and uh, excited about about his play. So he gets the offensive player of the, of the game award. Defensive player of the game was Jordan Jones, defensive end, grade at ninety eight percent. Made a bunch of big plays. He uh, led the team in production, one in One production point in every 5.6 plays, which is is a really, really good ratio there. Had two tackles, four assists, an assisted TFL, and a sack. Uh, The sack being the uh, strip sack that put us in position to to get the field goal to win the game, so a huge play. That sack also made him – that was his 40th tackle for loss over his career, which put him in the top ten in the Gulf South Conference all-time career TFL so that's a huge accomplishment for him he's had a great career here and really excited to to see him have that type of prolonged success throughout his career here Uh, he's been a constant mainstay in the backfield of our opponents so uh, it's been been fun to watch then special teams player of the week Uh, none other than Trey Jackson our field goal kicker was one for one on point after touchdowns and two for two on field goals with the game winner Great to have him back. Just all that he's battled through, uh, having a a muscle injury in his leg earlier in the year that kept him out of several games, and just how frustrating that was for him as a graduate transfer senior, uh, you know, and, and to have to sit back and and watch some of the struggles that that led to, and just so excited to see him come in and and get right back to form and and hit both of those really really big field goals throughout the game. So. It was, uh, it was fun to see him have that type of success coming back in. So excited to see him be the special teams player of the week this week. The Gillin Game Plan podcast is brought to you in part by Johnson Dodge in Meridian, Mississippi. Get over there and see Lee Allen and that wonderful staff. They'll get you set up with a great vehicle at a great price. Treat you right. This is running backs coach Will Furlong looking ahead to this week's matchup. This week we have the Mississippi College Choctaws uh, coming to Tiger Stadium for senior day, last home game of the regular season, and uh, it's a noon kickoff. Mississippi College is a much improved team. Uh, you know, Over the last several years, you've just been able to see that program getting back on track and uh, slowly getting its funding back and everything back situated. Coach Bland does a good job there. They're four and four overall, three and three in the conference. Uh, they they lost a, a tough one last week to West Georgia. They were up twenty one to seven at half and ended up losing that one 35 to twenty one. Uh, but they uh, were coming off a two win a two conference win streak uh, before that over Florida Tech and Shorter. So uh, just a um, you know really really good football team that runs the triple option. And that always poses different threats because it's not something you see every week. Uh, It's completely different from the defense. It's really uh, assignment-based football. You have to play really disciplined and uh it's just different it's, it's a completely different scheme that you you don't get to rep and uh it's hard to rep in practice and, and replicate uh you know i was i was in that offense for several years at georgia tech and georgia southern and it's just uh it's a hard offense to stop it shortens the game uh, limits possessions uh so it's uh <clears throat> you know it's just we got to have a really focused effort this week on both sides of the ball and uh and be patient, and, and and be able to take the big plays when when we have opportunities uh, to be able to be successful. Uh, it's going to be senior day, so come see these seniors off uh, with a with a good crowd. And 12 p.m. kickoff, so you got plenty of time to watch all the other big games in the day after. Uh, we'll be done. It's also an ESPN3 game, so if you're out of out of state and and want to watch it you still be able to just go to our schedule and and click on the watch live and it'll take you to the espn3 app there so um you know really excited about the the, the home game this weekend and uh, just excited about where our guys are right now and, and hoping to hoping to come over come away with a another hard fought gulf south conference victory this is steve cisa defensive coordinator it is time to dig deeper into tiger athletics all right, now digging deeper into Tiger athletics. Got a special guest on for this week's episode, Robert Upchurch. He's the director of human resources here at the university among many different hats that he wears. But uh, today we'll talk more about his play-by-play calling for the, the UWA Tigers. I guess that'd make you the voice of the Tigers. I guess by default it does. <laughs> Good to have you on the Gillins Game Plan today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, just uh, first, before we get into into some play-by-play questions and and different things. Uh, You're a Sumter County native and uh, went to the University of Alabama and was on the football team there and then came here and finished out your your career in undergrad here at UWA. Um, Really, what are some of the changes or some of the things you've seen in, in the football program here at West Alabama uh, since you played here a lot of guys that are or people that are listening to this played here or were around the program, too But just what are some of the changes that stick out to you? I think the biggest change are the expectations when I was growing up
1: and later on in college There really weren't any expectations if a team won four games in a year everybody was excited if there was a chance at a winning season it was like they wanted to throw a parade in downtown Livingston. I mean that's how low expectations were, and the really what everybody else around the conference thought of the football team and the university mm-hmm. also was so low that uh people it was almost laughed at yep. and now the expectations are conference championship playoffs every year and the feeling around the conference is when we go into a place, you're going to play a very good team, and so it's night and day what I grew up with and what we have now.
0: That's that's uh, I, I completely echo that from the time I was here to to now too, and that's something we talked about on the uh, the podcast a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, uh, just with with dealing with some losses and and how bad it it hurts because we don't expect to lose anymore and uh, and that that's a that's big that our program has gotten to that it's big for a university but it, it speaks volume for our program.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, 15 years ago, the season we're having now, uh, people would be ecstatic about. That's right. And, and there's good and mm-hmm. bad to it now, in that the season we're having now, people are asking what's wrong. That's right. Well, there's nothing wrong, but. <laughs> compared to what expectations are, what we've done in the past, people are wondering because it has not lived up to what our standard is now. Mm -hmm. And and that's a great thing. That truly is a great thing for this program and this university as a whole that we continue to increase what our
0: standards are. No doubt. And and being the coach, you know, that – that can be nerve-wracking having those expectations at times but at the same time you want to be at a place that has those expectations because that means it's you know winning is possible there and i saw that firsthand at georgia southern there's there's no program in the country with higher expectations from their fan base year in and year out than georgia southern and uh and it was it, it, it's fun it's fun to be in because you know uh, you're going to have a chance to recruit because of those expectations and, and have a chance to to win games so uh it's it's really exciting where the program is now now play by play what got you into play by play when did you start doing some some play-by-play work
1: i started doing color commentating i guess in 2014 your first season here uh they had a change in the booth and kent partridge wonderful s.i.d here at the university asked me if i was interested and i was and so was there for 14 15 and 16 and then halfway through the 2017 season, they needed a fill-in, um, basically halfway through the year. And again, by default, <laughs> I, I moved over to the play-by-play role and have been doing it since. And it's it's nerve-wracking, but it is a lot of fun. It really is.
0: Well, it's pretty cool getting to to interview Robert because usually uh, every every game day that you know he, he's interviewing me to to get a little pregame deal for the radio so it's fun to have this reversal of roles because uh, I wouldn't show him my questions. Usually he offers up to to at least give me a, some tidbit about what he's going to ask but I, I, I refuse to do that. I, I'm making him go blind right now.
1: Just remember I'm generally pretty nice to you so <laughs> <laughs> I would expect the same from you.
0: Of course, of course. Um, what is it like because uh, I know you know the, the cool thing to me is a lot of times you have a play-by-play announcer that Sometimes they're invested in the university, you know, and they always I mean that's their job, but but you you've been here for your whole life. You know, you've been around this university in one way or another since you were born. And uh so what's it like to be on the call and have some like last weekend, have a an exciting you know, events of a, a game-winning drive or a game-tying drive with a huge fourth down play and then a huge touchdown catch, and then you turn around and get a, a strip sack from Jordan and, and get to get to be the guy that, that tells that to the Tiger faithful that are listening here.
1: You know, I try to – it does mean a lot when you are invested in whoever you're announcing for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that comes through in my calls. The other thing is I always try to let the moment – speak for itself and so if we're facing a fourth down in the first quarter I don't try to build it up to be the last play of the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. I don't think that does anybody any justice and some people try that and it comes off fake yeah and so I try to let the moment speak for itself when you have a situation like we had last week that is a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and what I try to do is I try to explain to people who can't be there to see it just exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so you give them the time, you give them the yard line, what it looks like, what the feeling is in the stadium, and try to put them there. But since they can't be there, I want them to feel like they're in the stadium. I want them to be sitting there listening and in their mind have a picture of exactly what's happening. Sure. And try to do that. And you know it's it's fun when you have a game like that. Mm-hmm. Not all games come down to the last play, and I'm sure you're probably glad of that, <laughs> no doubt. But uh, when it does, it. yeah, when it does, I, I want to. I hope that my call uh, relays the excitement and the importance of the play, mm-hmm. and you can you can have a plan as to how you want to go through it but it never ends up working sure. out that way. Sure. And last Saturday truly was just the uh, emotion that carried mm-hmm. the call. Yeah. And it, it was a lot of fun. I'll I'll tell you that. It made the 12-hour drive back a, a lot easier. Without a doubt.
0: Could you see how good a Quays catch was live? I mean, could you could you did you know instantly that was a pretty spectacular catch?
1: I knew right away that um it may not have been the greatest catch I've ever seen, But it would take me a long time to think of one that was better. It was that good. Not only just the sheer catch itself, but the importance of Mm -hmm. it at the time. A lot of times you can get great catches that happen in the first, second, even the third quarter, Mm -hmm. but they're not at critical times. And that's what made that catch so special was the timing of it. Mm -hmm. Coming down with that in in a situation where we were hanging on for dear life. Mm -hmm. And so that's what made it truly
0: spectacular. No doubt. Is there anybody that you model uh, your your play-by-play after? Uh, I know you've listened to a whole lot of Eli Gold and a whole lot of Keith Jackson and all those. Is there anybody that you you have tried to model or no? I I don't try to model
1: anybody. I think that you have to be your own person. If you try to model somebody else, it's going to come off as not genuine. Mm -hmm. uh, Greats that – I love to listen to. And you take a little bit from everybody. Uh, I grew up listening to Paul Kennedy call Alabama games. Jim Fife doing Auburn. John Ward, who did uh, Tennessee and made famous his give him six every time Tennessee scored Mm -hmm. a touchdown. One of the best, um, Mick Hubert, who does Florida football. And uh, Jim Hawthorne used to do LSU football. And I grew up as a kid uh, going to football games with my dad. And on the way home, we would always cut to an AM station, and we would listen to different college teams playing. And I remember hearing Jim Hawthorne on the LSU network. And the thing about him that I would like to try to uh, emulate, you could tell as soon as you cut on the radio whether LSU was winning or losing. (laughs) You could hear it in his voice. It was that important to him. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul Kennedy just. It was fun listening to him. He made it sound fun. And so many of these, Jim Fife with Auburn, uh, you could tell how important not only the football game was but the entire university was to Jim Fife. And mm-hmm. it was it, it was fun growing up listening to all of those. And I'm sure there are things that subconsciously I do that they did. Sure, But I don't try to model it after just one person because that's not who I am. Yeah. I try to – do the best I can with what I've got, and that's that's
0: the way I approach it. That makes sense. And Unfortunately, I was going to put the game-winning call in this podcast, but uh, we didn't get that uh, recorded, and so we, we do it home games, but uh, away game we, we didn't, so we won't get to hear your call live on in infamy. Uh, and I know that's upsetting to you because I know well, you thought Well, since it was
1: good. it's lost forever, I can tell you <laughs> that it was the greatest call ever. <laughs> And there's nobody who can dispute it because <laughs> right. there's no proof of it no from here on.
0: No question. Uh, I told Robert I don't go back and listen to his calls because I I don't want to hear him talking bad about about me. So, uh, but he says he he doesn't do that. But the, I do think there it's an extremely cool thing that. And we were talking about this. I forget who it was, uh, it was. Coach Wallace and maybe maybe Mickey Smith. We were talking about this this week. You know, used to 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 listen on the radio, you'd have to be on the station. And to listen at 104.9 here in town, you'd have to be pretty close to the station uh, to be able to get it. But we're pretty fortunate now that we can download an app or we can go to the website and from anywhere in the country and listen to you and Will call the game. Uh, and so if if our fans can't see it for whatever reason or the video feed's going in and out like it was this past week, I heard, uh, you know, they get to turn y'all on and, and they get to hear y'all. And, and I think that also shows just. You know, a, a growth of this program that really anywhere in the country you can pull it up and and, and hear y'all have the call.
1: It's really amazing to think about uh, the color commentator that I work with, Will Atkinson, does a great job, and he gets texts regularly from one of his friends in San Francisco wow. that listens to the game every yeah. week, and it's pretty amazing when you think that literally you can be anywhere in the world and listen to West Alabama football on mm-hmm. the radio, and that. That is uh, very fun to think about. Sometimes it's a little intimidating <laughs> sure. if, if you think. Of, yeah. But, uh, no, it's great, and it shows how far uh, the whole program has gone, that we have people in California and all over the southeast that uh, are interested enough to follow along.
0: No doubt. Well, I encourage you, if you if you aren't able to see our games, be here in person or, or pull them up on the live stream. If you pull up the live stream from our home games, you'll hear Will and, and Robert on the call but uh but if that option is not available you have an option on your phone or on your computer to to listen to their call for every home game uh, every game period because these guys travel just like we do uh they they went and drove the the 12-hour drive to melbourne florida last week and then turned around and drove right back home after the game so uh, they put in a lot of work and, and a lot of effort into to giving the call out to you guys and uh, and it means a lot to me. I'm I'm very thankful to have not just guys that put a lot of effort into it, but guys that it really means something to uh, with this university and this program. So it's it's a huge benefit we have as a program. Well, Robert, thanks for being on. Thanks for being on the and Game Plan Podcast. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed getting to interview you for a change. <laughs> all right, that's all for the Digging Deeper segment. On a bit of a personal note, this uh, – this week we we had the team vote on permanent team captains for the 2019 team and uh they picked for the first time ever uh, had five guys that were chosen that you know really had pretty equal numbers of votes so you know usually we we like to have three captains uh for for each team but uh you know I felt like these guys were deserving I felt like their teammates wanted them to be captains by the way they voted and so um you know we went ahead and and are going to have five permanent team captains for the 2019 team. On offense, Quay Boyd, uh, tight end, um, was a, is a two time captain now, um, and uh, he he was one of the offensive captains. And called Dyer, uh, center, uh, started over 45 games in a row uh, here at the center position. Um, was uh, the other offensive captain. And then defensively, Jordan Jones at the defensive end bandit position, which we talked about earlier as a player of the game, who uh, just got in the top ten of the conference all-time tackles for loss Category So uh, he's been a, a really good player for us uh, for uh, all of his time here. Uh, and then Tavares Hutchinson um, out of McAdora, safety, defensive back, uh, was also voted as a captain for the defensive side of the ball. And then uh, Zach Gaines, punter who, uh, in my opinion, is one of the best punter, if not the best punter in the nation. Uh, obviously had to take on a lot of extra duties this year at different points, and, and that mixed with uh, some, some short-field punts to down the ball inside the, the five-yard line has, has brought his average down some, but uh, he will finish here with the the best punting average in in school history and and well deserved of that he's a he's a very big weapon and has been for us for four years so really pleased with all five of those guys you know four of those guys came out of high school and have been here four or five years and then you got uh, quay boyd who's been here for three so those guys have been mainstays in the program for several years and, and really been great leaders for us and and have seen a lot of victories won Uh, over their time here uh, more so than than any other four or five uh, year class uh, can say so i'm excited for those guys and, and well deserving of their permanent team captain uh awards